it's everyone's favorite topic today. We're going to talk about politics. Not really. We're going to talk about how to be in the room when politics are being discussed, even if you don't like talking about politics and why we think it's important that you're capable of doing it and what it represents outside of politics in general about you. What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch. I'm your host. I'm joined in studio today by Cody Ringel. And remember, when you like this podcast episode, hit us with a five-star rating, write us a review, share this with a friend. Here's the thing before we dive further forward. I briefly shared this with you on the last episode with Larry when we talked about stand-up comedy. Active Life is a personal development company disguised as a health and fitness company. And we have been saying that internally for more than a year now, but we haven't really been saying it outside of the company. And we haven't really been acting as if outside or outwardly facing. And a lot of the stuff that I believe we teach our ALP candidates and the ProPath gym owners we work with and even our RX clients who are helping to get out of pain without going to the doctor from anywhere in the world is how to become the kind of person who never would have needed us in the first place and the kind of person who can have positive social influence on those around them. And one of the things that's come up recently, especially uh, given the time of year that it is, as we record this in September 2023, we're coming into primary season for the presidential election, which is sure to be uh, really civil. I'm yeah. sure it's going to be a really relaxing you know, we're going to coast as a country. Guaranteed. Yeah, it's going to be good conversation. Yeah. Really constructive for the next, I don't know, year. <laughs> See how chippy and then, it gets. And then no matter who wins, I'm sure the next six months after that, we'll be talking about how great that person is instead of how terrible that person is, regardless. And how they stole the election. or Yeah, it'll be great. Um, but so, you know, what that means is this is going to be in the air. And it's kind of like COVID. Like, you're going to catch it. You're, it's going to be in your vicinity, whether you want it to be or not. And I just think uh, we can have a good conversation, Cody, about what to do, whether you like political conversation or not, how to be a human in that environment so that you don't have like a spaz out allergic reaction to you said the word Donald Trump, you said the word Joe Biden, you said whatever, and just run for the hills. Yeah, my first uh, like passion project podcast on Reasonable AF was actually, it, it was born in this because we were getting ramping into election season. Really? Yeah. When, was, when did you do that? End of, uh, would have been end of, middle of 2020. Okay, so you we recorded getting... a bunch of stuff on a podcast back then, you released it? Yeah. Okay. Still 12 go... episodes out there. I have to go back and listen. Oh man, we, we cover the gambit. Who was we? Uh, myself and a social worker who was my good buddy at the time and a client. Um, so the whole premise was a social worker and a coach sit down to solve all the world's problems. I like it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You, what's the, I'm, I'm not fully vetted on what the difference is between a social worker and a mental health professional, but I guess they are a version of mental health professional and social they worker. They are. Okay. Then a psychologist, but not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about how to talk about politics. I thought we were here to talk about who we're voting for. Oh, that <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking for. Uh, not yet, I don't at least. So, so I'll share a story, and then and then you can just chime in, and we can we can jam on it. I was at a wedding this weekend. A good friend of mine, really good friend of mine. Like we go back, uh, this guy and me, twenty years, twenty plus years, and 
he, you know, God love him, just brought up politics out of nowhere after more than one drink. And I'm always game for the conversation because I'm, I know who I am. I know where I am. I'm, I'm totally comfortable having that conversation. Most of the people around us, my wife included, who I love, uh, wanted no part of it. Mm. Like, you know, the, the, it, was, it was a group of people. And look, set and setting. It was not necessarily the best place to talk about politics yeah. at a wedding. It's the old barroom uh, rule, right? You don't talk about three things. You don't talk about sex, politics, and religion. But then what do you talk about? I don't know. Like, to me, those are the three things to talk about. Those are the interesting three things. Yeah. What about, what? Oh, hey, did you hit traffic on your way here? Yeah. Not interesting. What'd you do this weekend? Right. I don't care. I don't really. I, here's my thing about that kind of stuff. When it comes to conversations, I don't ever ask a question I actually don't care the answer to. Really? No. Um, I usually don't. Hmm. I, I really try to make a habit of I only ask stuff that I genuinely want to know. Because otherwise, I'm like, I'm just wasting everybody's time with this. You're, I, I don't really care what your answer is. You're having to think about it. What's the, what's the point? Like you avoid most small talk. Yeah, I can have it. Don't don't get me wrong. I can have it. But, and then when it comes to big talk, and politics to me, is big talk, not be not even because of the election, but because it goes to the root of. What do we believe? Hmm. And I think that that's where the conflict comes in for people. It's not about who'd you vote for. It's about what do you believe? I don't want to know something about you that I didn't know about you that might make me like you less. Mm -hmm. That I believe that's the root of why people dislike talking about politics. Well, your political leaning is a piece of your identity, right? It's I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a Republican. Or a Democrat. Or a de right. But what I'm saying is when people sometimes when they think about who they are in the existence and in the world and in the universe, like their political ideology mm -hmm. or political leaning plays into that puzzle of who am I, who is Cody mm -hmm. in the world. But that blows me away, first of all, because I've never, ever, 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 ever considered that as a part of my identity. The other part of it that blows me away is I'm, I'm a Jewish guy who's a male, who's from the Northeast. I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm a brother. You could be a black woman from the Southwest who is an orphan, who has no kids and no siblings, and I could still want to be your friend. I don't understand why me sharing like this is what what um, comprises my identity and you having an opposite identity in those in those categories would signify that for whatever reason i can't like you or you can't like me there's a i i imagine there's a historical biological component to this right it's tribalism it's because back in the day mm -hmm. the red guys or the blue guys meant that i was safe here Okay. And if I'm a part of this tribe, if I'm a part of this group of people, right? People want to feel they want to feel like they belong. Most people want to feel like they belong somewhere. And political leanings is how some people find their their place. Well, right now I feel like the guy who gets shot first in the Civil War because I don't choose a side. That's that's what it feels like right now. Like yeah. oh, the Civil War is breaking out. I'm not saying 
everybody calm down. I'm not saying we're heading for civil war. I can, like, if you flash back to that time, I'm the guy who's like, look, you both have good points. Now, I'm not talking about putting people in chains mm -hmm. and having them work for you for free. I'm not talking about the topics of the time. Frankly, none of us were there. I imagine that there were some topics over which the Civil War was fought that had nothing to do with slavery that you might agree with the side you didn't agree with on the Civil War. Mm -hmm. right? Like There was some stuff. Mm -hmm. Contextually, if you were there, there was some stuff. There's some stuff I agree with a guy like Donald Trump on. I think he's an abhorrent piece of shit as a human. And there's some stuff I agree with a guy like Joe Biden on. And I kind of think he's an abhorrent piece of shit kind of human. So I'm not really, like, I'm not voting red or blue. I'm, I'm stuck. And I don't understand. I do understand in some ways, but I, without projecting, I don't understand why people have such a hard time either A, having the conversation, or B, being around the conversation, or especially C, trying to see the other person's side in the conversation. Well, if I, if I had to guess, if I reach to your side, right, and I try to see your version of the truth, right, mm -hmm. why you believe what you do, what that requires from me is the willingness to accept that I might be wrong in my current thought process beliefs, right? which I, I don't think most people want to do. But that, that part, that's part of the equation that I don't, I don't understand. Like, unless you have, I, I look, I can see it when it comes to profiting. Like when it comes to, oh, if someone were to be like, look, exercise is actually bad for you. And I'm like, well, I own a company that teaches people how to do it properly and how to think about it and how to incorporate it into their lives and how to use it to improve their lives. You're telling me everything I do is wrong and bad. Um, I don't want to be wrong about that. Hmm. because that means I have to start over again with something else. But other than that, I'm not, I don't really see where being wrong about something and finding a new way to think doesn't improve our lives. Well, there's, it, it does. Cause it, it disrupts the current state, right? So there's agitation there. So you're saying no matter what it is, there's a change and change. Inherently we're averse to, right? change. So now by me accepting that you may actually have some really valid points in your side, whatever your side is, may actually have some really valid points. I might have to admit that my side doesn't have valid points. Mm -hmm. But so, okay. So let's, let's go back to the original topic. Why do you think it is that people don't even want to engage in the conversation? Like here's my fear. And, and it's not like a, it's not a big fear because I don't think about it all day long. But here's where I think things go. If we can't talk about politics because we're coming into political season, and it's obvious, then what happens is we just go and vote based on the echo chamber within which we live. Hmm. And if we just go and vote based on the echo chamber within which we live, then we're kind of blindly following something. Mm -hmm. We don't get to hear the counterpoint that could change our opinion about things. And if we don't ever do that, then what's to hold the people accountable who we vote for, 
from doing things that we don't agree with because they already have capture over our attention and our trust. There's a lot in there. You know, there, the cynic in me, that the thing that pops up from the cynic in me is that um, most people are trying to get by day to day and live their life and they see government or the political parties as this big machine off in the distance. Mm -hmm. And no matter what I do here and what I learn and change, it's, it's probably not going to change the political machine that already exists and is churning and running. Right. I'm not going to be an activist. So what's the, what's the point? Well, even if I was an activist, what change am I actually one person actually going to make? The, well, pr right, the problem with that is when hundreds and thousands and millions of people feel that way. They're like, well, what change can I actually make? So why would I? So it's diffusion of responsibility. It's somebody else's problem. At scale. Industrial At scale. scale. Yeah. So somebody else can figure that one out because I've got a ton of problems right here mm -hmm. that I'm dealing with. And, um, you know, the person that I'm voting for is speaking to and the party in large is speaking to the problems that I believe that I have. And so, so I don't want to deal. I don't, I don't care who you're voting no. for. I don't want to deal with it. Most of this is going back to 2020. What I recognize then, and we've seen it ramp up. I think we're going to see it again, even ramp up is that was one of the, uh, I, 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 there's no more great men mm -hmm. as in what I noticed in 2020, which was actually the first time that I voted ever, ever. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're 21 years old. What? You're only 21. So I'm 34. I'm joking. Yeah. So no, it was, it was the first time that I had voted. Um, and I felt very proud of it. Mm -hmm. Right. But what I had noticed was in that election specifically and through the, the cycle and having conversations with people, it was as much, if not more about voting against the other guy than mm -hmm. voting for the guy that you believed in. That's how 2020 felt for me too. Yeah. And it's how 2024 feels. Yes, which more. is problematic. More so. I'm afraid it's going to escalate even further. Of course. Of course. That's, the, well, look, we can get into the why that's the case, but I want to stay on um, the, the lack of conversation around it because I believe the less the people talk about it, the more it boils. And there's this level of like, if you have anxiety over something, action is the best thing to cure that anxiety. And when it comes to politics, the only action that you can really take besides voting or running or being a part of an organization that, that is an activist organization is talking about it. And so I believe, and I'm curious your thoughts, the more anxiety, like the less the people talk about it, the more the anxiety will build. The more the anxiety builds, the more the talking about it becomes even more difficult to do. And so we become more and more and more polarized mm -hmm. without actually being polarized. Mm -hmm. Like I hear all of this stuff about how, like even as somebody, I, I don't agree with most of the politics in New York state. The politics in New York state outside of taxes have not really impacted me except for mask wearing and vaccine passports during COVID, which Let's be honest with ourselves here. That was, in a, that was a, an outlier scenario in American society. Day to day, nobody walking around is making my life any more difficult. Mm. And I don't think anybody wants to. My kids go to a school. I'm not worried about what they're learning in school. Do I pay attention to it? I absolutely pay attention to it. But I would pay attention to it no matter what state I was in. So 
I, you know, I just, I don't see the political polarity in our day to day that we hear about in our media. And I believe that that's a part, like, I believe that the conversations would cause la like more and more clarity that we're not all that different. Like, and, and by the way, I see your point and it is the opposite point of mine on the same thing. And I don't want people to have to do that, whatever that is. Um, but I do see your side. I think that would just bring everyone closer together. And that's why I want people to have more conversations, whether it's political or otherwise about difficult things that feel inflammatory. It doesn't sell anything. Doesn't it? It, it I mean, maybe we're starting to see a little bit more of that from like the big sources, right? Like the CNNs and the Fox Newses of a little bit more moderate. Are we? A little I bit. I don't watch them. I don't know. I used to watch both of those channels regularly. I Once I decided, fuck the news, I killed my cable. Yeah. I don't have news either. Right. Um, but it's my understanding, and it's my understanding, that we're starting to get a little bit more moderate with some of those things. Now, there's still ad revenue. There's agenda. One of the things that I think we're struggling with is politics is as much a financial game mm -hmm. now um, as it has ever been. And you think the reasonable person just isn't marketable? I, no, because I don't think that they're going to be the ones who speak the loudest. We, we know this. It's the loud minority, right? Mm -hmm. It's the ones who speak the loudest on the edges of either side. Well, that's what's crazy to me because you're but they're right. they're the ones who get the following. Right. They're the that's, ones. That's what's crazy. The loud minority are the ones who end up winning these elections. Mm -hmm. They end up being the ones that we have to argue between. And I'm like, I don't like either of these fucking people. But think about on the smaller scale, right? Even the people who follow those people, right? If we're thinking about social media, they're the ones who gain the presence. They're the one who gets the views because even if it is an inflammatory video or statement, it's the people on the other side watching it to comp. The algorithm doesn't care. Oh, I know. Look, I've seen, I've seen stuff about companies who, when they run marketing and they run ads and they, they spend on it, uh, they, like the owners of the company, will seed the ad with a negative comment, mm -hmm. knowing that other people will be like, that's insane, and argue about it. And the arguing in their comment section will drive the ad. Mm -hmm. And then the conversation about the arguing in the comment section will drive the company. Like, I've, I know that people do that as a strategy, and it's, huh. So you get the people, <laughs> exhausting. At, you get the people in the middle who aren't interested in, 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 putting their their ver their conversation through the loudspeaker. But so is there an extreme middle? Like I feel like I if I was ever running for politics for political office, I feel like I would be an effective extreme middle. Like I feel I feel like you can take the middle and you can be like you guys are fucking crazy. And you're crazy because and just say things like 5% of the American population, I'm making up numbers now, of course, uh, want what you are saying. But they'd rather have what you are saying than the five than, than what he's saying that represents the 5% on the opposite side. There is 90% in the middle of you two who don't have somebody to vote for who they like because you've lost your minds for clicks. I feel like that's an extreme middle position that could, 
I don't know. I would hope it could do something. What you have to get then, though, is what you have to get is you have to get the people who are willing to voice their support for the extreme middle because it's the extreme other ends that get all of them continuing on that skyrocket up. Yeah, I think if I would like to believe, and maybe this is in my little, I don't know, Wizard of Oz fairyland that or fairy tale that um most people are closer to the extreme middle than they are to the extreme poles agreed but those aren't the loud ones but they don't need to be the loud ones if they come out and vote sure but for you to get seen and for people to know that sean is in the extreme middle mm -hmm. they have to like they have to share they have to comment and I don't think that most of those people want to be a part of that arena. And the harder part is I need money that isn't tied to a political party to be able to get people to see my stuff. Right. Who are you going to make? Whose favor? Who gets the favor first? Yeah. We need a mega wealth class that doesn't want or need favors. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we well, need. I think what we're, what we're talking about here, and this is, again, going back to the cynic in me, I think this is... This is one of the problems that we run into in the middle. Mm -hmm. The people in the middle is like, well, what the fuck can I do about it? Well, I don't feel that way. I do feel like I can do about it. And, and you know, I don't, I don't know that I can do about it at a national level with the voice that I have today. But I can damn sure do it at the local level. That's a big part of the reason why we opened the flagship for active life in Long Beach. Not political, but social. Hmm. We're having a, like, I don't, I don't, I've, the number of people in this town who have asked me to run for local office is, it, it exceeds 10. That doesn't sound like a ton, but if you're listening to this, how many people have asked you to run for local right, office? It's more than none. It's right. Yeah. So, and I've had people from inside of local office, from both sides of the aisle, ask me to run for local office as a, as a, as a voice of reason, they've said. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do things from the inside. I feel like if once I'm on the inside, I'm constrained. But but locally, we're able, like you're a huge part of it. We're able to have a very positive social influence in Long Beach for Long Beach by being a business that stands for something that has nothing to do with um, your politics. Mm. But what I want to figure out, and what I want I want to go back to for a moment here, if we can, is how do we help people feel more comfortable in political conversation? When political conversation comes up and they're like, I would rather be anywhere else. Why do you think it is? Well, I think the piece of there that I'd, I'd, let, I'd rather be anywhere else comes from our inherent aversion to conflict. I think one of the reasons, some people's inherent aversion, one of the reasons that you're comfortable with that conversation is you are open to conflict. I love conflict. Yeah. Um, and I can say for myself, I, I like those conversations with people that are I know are also open to it um, and I'm not going to have that conversation at a wedding well I didn't start that conversation at a wedding <laughs> I was down to have it but I didn't start that conversation because I don't want to be that like look I want to have the conversation oftentimes that you want to have hmm. you the proverbial you whoever I'm talking with uh, and I'll go wherever you want to go. I'll talk about music. I'll talk about sports. I'll talk about culture. I'll talk about politics because I'm in for it. I just, if you're comfortable there and I can learn more about you and I can get educated myself by having that conversation, let's do it. I'm down for it. And this guy wanted to talk about politics. Mm -hmm. It came out of fucking nowhere, but that's, that's what I'm still light will do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I think about is the, the energy 
of that conversation. And it might yes. clue you into why most people are averse to it. I don't know what the trial attorney. <laughs> That's what my buddy's job is. Got it. So he's all about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the breakout for like people across the United States or America for introvert versus extrovert are, mm -hmm. but I can see um, being more introverted myself. Right. Uh, that's a expensive conversation. Is it? Cause you don't strike me as somebody for whom that's an expensive conversation. It depends if it's with you. That's mm -hmm. different because I'm, we have a rapport. I'm comfortable. I'm, I know the person that I'm engaging in conversation well, yeah. with. So, 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 okay. I'll give you that. Everyone around us had that rapport. There was no one in our little circle that was like, I don't know this person. And now I'm going to tell them everything about me. And they're going to judge me for it. That there was none of that. Mm -hmm. These are all friends. We've, We've been friends for 20 years. Like these are the guys who I'm like, I wish we all lived in the same area. Mm. Um, it was just so uncomfortable for people. And you know, to, to go a step further, um, when we were in college, I put this in our Monday morning message this morning. I'm not sure if you read it or not. We mm -hmm. had this thing called the rag sheet. And I read the rag sheet. I let you read the rag sheet. Yes. You saw it. So it wasn't nice. No. <laughs> Like one of one of I, this is where it actually came from. I, th now this is all. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me. Beautiful now. voice. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the rag sheet came out, and one of our friends' wives was like, "You know, you guys can't run for office. Like this, this disqualifies <laughs> you all from running for office." And that's where the political talk came from. Mm. That, thank you for that. Um, but there were guys at, at the wedding who were like, "I don't want any part of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want my girl." To see that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you the worried about? Sheet. Yeah, I'm like, what are you worried about? This is who you were when you were 19. She's going to, your, your, your fiance when you're 40, she's going to have a problem with you when you were 19 years old. That's a lot of people struggle with authenticity. I don't know, maybe a lot as a stretch, but I imagine people struggle with authenticity. Isn't like what that's what you, part of what you were getting at in that message this morning was um, being authentic to the person that you were. Mm hmm. And the person that you are now as a result of the person that you were. Yeah, it's the same person evolved. Yes. Yeah. It, it, but that's the kind of stuff that, like, I don't think, I think people would struggle to talk about politics. The same people would struggle to talk about this. I'm sure. Because, because even if, if, if we dice it up this way, the people who were down for the political conversation who were like, even if they were just on the edges listening, they weren't offended by it. They, mm -hmm. were, they were there for it taking it in because they don't have much to say. Maybe they just don't have a big opinion. They haven't developed one. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Then there were people who were like, hey, what are we doing here? But I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm not dancing to this song. What do you, what do you want to talk about? I don't know anything but this. Well, then suggest something else, right. friend. I will talk about whatever you want to talk about. He had a suggestion. It was this. Do you have a better one? No, just not this. Well, then kick rocks. Yeah. That, and this happens with my family all the time. So our family is politically split. So what you're describing is other people's uncomfortability with having the conversation. And you're trying to figure out why is that? How do we have the conversation regardless of that or in I spite of that? Ignorance is something that, that bothers me. Conscious ignorance bothers me a lot more. So for example, if... If there's something that I don't know, and it's your perspective on something, and we have to make a decision, decision with a C, uh, based on what we know, 
I want to know as much as I possibly can before I make a decision, whether it's who I'm voting for, what kind of a car I'm going to get, where I'm going to go on vacation. I want to know all of it because then I can make an informed decision. If I'm like, I don't want to hear anything. I'm, I'm, I don't want to hear anything. I've formed my decision. And it's like, well, based on what? Based on what people who agree with my set point have told me. What are we doing? Well, I think what you're getting to now um, and what I'm coming to through this conversation is what we're really talking about here is the growth versus fixed mindset. You think that's what it is, even in politics? I think that, yeah. I think it's, you know what? I believe what I believe. I've made my decision. I, like I put in the work to come to a decision, mm-hmm. whatever work that was, whether it was taking in other people's opinions or doing some research on my own. And that let's that was work. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do the work or any work um, to change that. So I don't need to have another conversation. This is my belief and this is where I'm fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe what I believe and that's all that I believe. I don't need to know anything else. Right. It's just, it's just when, when I'm not a political expert. So let's take it to something that I consider myself an expert in, which is developing health and fitness businesses. Even training people. If somebody were to say to me, hey, I'm actually getting results that are beyond what you're talking about and I'd love to share with you what I'm doing. I want to hear it. I, there's, I will stop. I want to hear it. And I just don't understand why anybody wouldn't. It doesn't, that doesn't register with me. And I follow what you're saying, but, I, but some of these people, I think what I'm gathering from what you're describing is the fixed and growth mindset is circumstantial. It depends on the topic. And there, there might be a topic in which I have a fixed mindset and I'm not aware of it. And it's a blind spot for me. But this just feels like one of those topics, the, the, the political one, where so many people are just locked in. I think it bleeds into more than just one or two things. I think if you were to look at and analyze a person, you're going to be able to identify that they have that fixed view of things mm-hmm. uh, in more than one arena. I don't know that it's circumstantial. I think like being a mindset, I, I do believe that these are, we had talked about this before we started, right? Having strong opinions loosely held. Yeah. Like I'm open to being wrong. Mm-hmm. I might not be. I don't think I am right now. I, I just think but about, I'm open to it. I just think about Kim, my wife. She's, she does not want to discuss politics. Mm-hmm. She hates the conflict. Why? Hates conflict. Oh. But she's got a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what? I guess that's not fair. She she doesn't mind talking about politics with me in a certain tone. She does mind talking about politics in an argumentative tone with a different group of people mm-hmm. or even with me. Well, a lot of people go into conversations like this with an intention, right? It's not the intention to learn. It's the intention to change the other person's it's mind. It's to teach. Yeah. It's to preach. Right. It's to be on the soapbox. It's to be like... You're wrong, and let me tell you all the reasons why you're wrong. And then don't answer me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when I'm done, then you can tell me what you think. By the way, I love watching uh, historical fiction or even just historical reenactment when they actually stand on a soapbox mm. for old school debates. It's mm. so wild. I just started 1923. Mm. I did 1883. It was good. 1923 is, I think, better than 1883. Ah, no, I disagree. They're different. They're different. So... 1883 
to me highlighted the brutality of the time. So brutal. 1923 highlights the brutality of the people of the time. Yeah. It's way really, worse. It's really well put. Um, but let's circle back to why people don't want to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, fear. It's of rejection? Os- fear of rejection, fear of being ostracized, kicked out of the group. It's it's being the type of person that, you know, people don't want you to go home, the proverbial you, and be like, did you hear the fucking, what he was talking about at the wedding? Right? It's the reputation. It's the imagination. It's all of the things. Yeah. So how do we help people lean into having an uncomfortable conversation? I think, I think a lot of it, <clears throat> I think what could happen, a, a strategy that could work is aim to just ask questions. Even if somebody is pressing you for answers, <clears throat> just put yourself in the position of, I honestly don't know enough to have an opinion and I'm curious what you think. Because then you're not in combat. Um, that comes to me as a way that you can eliminate the conflict that makes you so uncomfortable in that conversational setting. It's just, I honestly am just looking to understand your perspective. And they're like, well, I want to hear yours. Well, I don't have enough information from you to have had one yet. Mm-hmm. I think that's a reasonable way to go. Yeah. You know, I think about, I had, we were walking out of key foods two weekends in a row, um, down here. And there's a, there's a lady who came up both times asking to sign a petition mm-hmm. about, uh, I think the wind turbines mm-hmm. and the whales. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I don't have a strong enough opinion mm-hmm. either way to be able to tell you yes or no on this. Right. Um, the next weekend she asked for it again. I was like, I still don't have a strong, I don't know enough to have a strong opinion. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, maybe I'll change your mind. I'm like, well, this is one of the things that we have an issue around right now is people aren't going to educate. They're going or, or to inform, they're going to change people's minds. Right. So did you listen to her? No, she didn't have anything to say. I was like, I got to go. <laughs> At the point in time when you tell me that your motive is to change my mind or force my perception in one direction, I know that whatever information you're presenting is going to be skewed. But so, so, then, so then this is a good spot for you to describe what would be a better thing for her to say to you there. Hey, would you like to hear one side? Or would you like to get some information that allowed you to make a better opinion? What are your thoughts on, okay, well then can I ask you some questions and get your thoughts on them? Great. Okay. I'll do the best I can. Right. I'm going to need some information at right. some point in time. I signed that petition, for the record, not with that lady, with some dude on the boardwalk, um, just because I don't want to look out of the ocean and see. I get it. When, whatever. I get it. Um yeah, it's the, you know, the thing, the, the other undercurrent of this conversation is the identity piece, mm-hmm. right? The people, people understanding for me, as you were describing, what's one of the things that we could implement or take away from this? For me, it sounds kind of woo woo and a little bit meta and out there, but it's understanding that I am not my thoughts. I'm not my beliefs. I'm not, I'm not the things that I think about who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, which helps me not attach to the things that I think. And the difficulty there might be that other people think that you are your thoughts and they think you are your beliefs. And then it's not about who you think you are. There's another woo woo, which is I am not who I think I am and I am not who you think I am. I am who you think I think I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, this was fun. Did we give actionables? I don't think we did, but maybe we did. Hmm. The, I, ask I know questions was a good actionable. Ask questions, and, and, and you don't have to have an opinion all the time. Yeah. Like, that. that's... I think maybe that's the biggest action. You do not have to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. You are allowed to just ask questions and you're allowed to hear somebody else's opinion. You're allowed to just take that information in and you're allowed to say, I actually don't know enough to argue with you. But this was really valuable for me to hear your perspective. Yeah, what you're describing is the value is in the conversation, not the outcome of the conversation. Yeah, you're not trying to achieve something except to learn. I think that's a huge takeaway from this, right? If, if you're the type of person who's like, I feel really weird about having this conversation, ask, are you going into it um, with the expectation that the other person is trying to change your mind? Right. And if you are, bring call that to light. Say the scary thing, right? Be like, hey, I'm scared to have this conversation or I don't really want to have this conversation because I'm afraid that you're coming into it trying to sway my, trying to convince me to believe a certain way and you don't actually want to have the conversation you want to tell me your opinion mm -hmm. if that's true this really isn't for me but if i'm wrong please let me know right now well i i think there's also benefit to having the conversation with the person who's trying to change your mind because because here's the thing what you're i think what you're asking for there is for both people to have a level of communication maturity to just have a civil conversation that's open-minded but I think that's wishful thinking more often than I would like to believe. And oftentimes I think that we can get a lot of information. We can learn a lot from people who don't have perspective of both sides. Because if nothing else, we can better understand where they're coming from and how they feel about things. Hmm. Which gives us a way, a lens through which to look at people who say things that we disagree with that allows for some empathy. Hmm. What you're describing is cultivating a better understanding of the individual, the way that they think, mm -hmm. process information, so that you can go, you know what? I see how you got there. Yeah. Because th at the end of the day, I think that's all it takes. If we can all see, I, I see how you got there. I don't agree with you because I have different experiences and different aspirations and whatever. And I see how you got there. I can respect you for how you got there and not think of you as stupid or ignorant or immature or insensitive or any of those things. I can say, you know what? I can, I understand how he got to that position. So continuing like we had talked about, can, being open to a conversation and not attached to the outcome, regardless of the side of the conversation that you're on. Yes. And I'll, I'll close this out and bring it back to the health and fitness industry because that is what people know us for and I don't want to stray all the way away and now we're all of a sudden a comedy and political like it's just a regular social commentary podcast which I do like the idea of but I want to I want to kind of explain how I think that this fits in it's coaching this is coaching in order to be a great coach you need to be able to empathize with the person who you're trying to help and the best way to empathize with the person you're trying to help is to spend as much time as you can learning how to understand them before you try to influence them. I had heard this last week. Um, motivation and manipulation are two sides of the same coin. I like that. So what you're describing is how do I learn what your motivations are and help to motivate, uh, which comes from questions. Yeah, and I understand what you mean by the manipulation. It's, it's how do I motivate you so that it's intrinsic? 
And not how do I manipulate you so I use what you've taught me about you to get you to change your mind. Yes. How do I motivate you for me is right. manipulation. How do I motivate you for you is motivation. Right. I like that. Turn pro. <laughs>